Welcome to Tech on Toast. The Tech on Toast podcast is powered by REMS Hospitality, using market data to grow your revenue. To find out more about Tech on Toast, head over to our website, techontoast.community, where you can listen to all of our podcasts, read all of our blogs, and search for the latest hospitality tech in our marketplace. Enjoy the show. Uh, welcome to the Tech on Toast podcast, and I'm joined by Victoria Searle, founder and head hawk at Data Hawks. Vic, how are you? I'm, I'm great, and I've just realised, why are we dressed the same, Chris? <laughs> I don't know. When we, when we release the video, we'll be able to say that uh, you got the memo. Um, yeah, I, I've, got, I've got my specs actually somewhere as well, but I've lost them today. Do but it, yeah, do it. it's very nice to see you uh, virtually. You well, we've seen each other in person a lot. Uh, and, and how are you? How are things? Busy? Yeah, a bit, yeah, a little bit. It's um, yeah, it's going. It's definitely going in the right direction. Do you know this time last year there was two of us, and there's now nine of us, which is amazing and terrifying in equal measure. So yeah, I'm I'm living, living the dream, albeit with a bit of sickness alongside it. And before we even talk about data hawks, you're not just a hawk. Uh, you also have your own WhatsApp group, um, which you've um actually become part of my life annoyingly um, uh, and actually I've had quite a bit of business from if I'm honest and and you have another group so just talk us quickly through your your whatsapp groups because anyone listening might want to join in if you're allow them oh god yeah the more the merrier so we've got team marketing that was the one that started in lockdown you know what it was it was a place for me to have a little cry if I'm honest <laughs> with some um, with some fellow marketers who were all wondering like what's going to happen in lockdown um and it's now what 385 Ish yeah. strong, growing by the out day. Of control, um, yes. <laughs> it's out. Of it's amazing. I mean, absolute like it's collaboration. It's it's you know it's just real support. I mean, people falling out over themselves to be he- you know helpful. That's the thing that really amazes me, right? The support side of it. I think because yeah. obviously there's leads in there and people like drop things and say, "Oh, I need this," and it's like, yeah. and everyone like will get on it and they all do it privately, which is quite nice. It isn't done in the group. It will then go off off the yeah. group. But, the one thing that really sticks out for me is the support. It's just like, oh, I'm really stuck on this. Bang, bang, bang. Everyone's helping out. It's just a lovely place to be. Do you know, do you know what? That group, I think, has changed the way we market as an industry. Because before, you know, I, I was a marketer for a long time. And we kept our marketing cards very close to our chest. Yeah. Because we didn't we didn't want anybody to know what Let's we were check. doing. And everybody no. was, yeah, exactly. Where now people are like, oh, we haven't had any Mother's Day bookings. Can any, is, is anybody having a, a shit time at the same time? And people are like, yeah, we're having the same time. And and, and it's completely changed. It's completely opened up because ultimately we're all trying to do the same thing. Like we're, yeah, you know, I mean, we're all on the same side. They put their, um, a little graph in of their yeah. sales data. Do you remember he put his yeah. sales data in? He's in a yeah. very local cafe, I think, in Cornwall. And he shared yeah. his uh, data and said, is anybody else feeling this pain? And I was like, wow, that's, you know, that looks painful. Yeah. But four or five people straight away like that's normal don't worry that's what we're going through check your unemployment the area might have gone up this time i was just thinking the insight you get yeah. quickly compared yeah. to like sitting in your chair in your office worrying is amazing anyway i thought it's really yeah. good so it's it's an incredible group so that's how growing um, by the second sorry how do, how do, oh, how do they join? yeah can they join you how do they join yeah god i mean if, if you're involved in marketing and hospitality at all you know if you're if you're a marketing supplier or you know a a marketer or, or agency and anything connected with marketing just drop me a little note and um you know send me your phone number and i'll get you added immediately the more the merrier immediately and there's another group which i'm not involved in and this will then well, tell you why i'm not allowed to be involved and for good reason so i've got another reason <laughs> got another reason um no i've got i've got another group called well-behaved women which is based on that sort of saying well-behaved women sort of seldom make history 
And, and basically, this is for women who have frankly had enough of this shit. So if you are having the kind of experiences that I've had in my career, you know, with terrible bosses, with, you know, sexism, with anything, anything that's just kind of affected you at work and you're a woman, doesn't matter what level you're at, it honestly doesn't matter which industry you're in, join Well Behaved Women. That started um, literally a few weeks ago. And there's 150 furious women in it now. Um, but you know what? We're, we're already driving real change. We really are driving change. And, and it just goes to show the power of numbers. And, and what I love about this group is the amount of people that have said either in the group or have messaged me privately, I, I either thought I was the only one or I've never, ever had the nerve to say this stuff out loud. Because, yeah. because you're afraid to say it. You don't want to damage your career. You don't want to look weak. There's so many reasons why you've got to sort of like, you know, keep, keep your mouth shut. And all of a sudden, you're amongst friends. You're in a very sort of safe environment. You don't even have to put your name in if you don't want to. You know, just go by your first name. And, um, and, and people are growing, really young people, people like me who have been around a little bit. You know, it's it's for everyone. But I'm so, so proud of that group. I'm so proud of what, you know, what we're achieving. And I can tell you, with, you know, the revolution starts here. We're going to drive it from that group. So if you're up to no good in this industry, we're going to come for you. So, yeah, watch watch sure. out. It's lucky Tech on Post has one employee, and that is me. Um, <laughs> but but and, and you know what? What I love most about it is that WhatsApp is tech essentially but it, it, it's it's that form of what you're doing there you couldn't do 10 years ago maybe you could 10 years ago i'm not sure about whatsapp but maybe you know a, a while ago you couldn't do that and you're right people would be in silos little groups a bit like yeah. french revolution in cafes uh people hanging out talking to each other but now it's so much more immediate and and uh so quick yeah. to get to the bottom of issues so yeah i love it i think it's great so if you want to join do they just hassle you on linkedin how do they find you literally just just come and hassle me on um, linkedin drop me a number and and let's get you in that group the more the merrier absolutely so look you, it was nearly a nice segue because you talked about some horrible bosses which <laughs> which i think is also a film uh but you would how how have you so data hawks is fantastic um explain to us what it does and tell us a little bit of how you've got to this point do you know what data Hawks came from some terrible experiences actually as a as a marketing director and i i honestly got really sick of people describing what i did as the coloring in department and i and i could never i could never prove the value of, of the stuff i was doing or the or the stuff i was thinking and i just thought you know to be frank i'd probably made myself unemployable by this point so i had to set up a business just to just to be able to pay the mortgage and i and i suddenly thought um I'm going to set up a business that's that's based uh, based around data, um, and and it's going to empower marketers. It's going to allow marketers to use insights to drive great marketing, to drive trackable results that enables them to go marching into the boardroom, whack down a bag of cash on the table, and go, "That's what I bring to this business. Why aren't I on the board?" And um, so it, it really it really really came from that. And um, we I kind of started it right at the start of lockdown. And and to be honest, lockdown was really good for me because I was at home and I was on LinkedIn a lot and I became very vocal about the opportunity that, that marketers had, that the opportunity that you know that businesses had. And I was incredibly vocal about, you know, about about what we needed to, to do. And it's just completely taken off from there. It's just been amazing, an amazing sort of nearly three years. And you know, people refer to you as the queen of data, uh Ted Hawk. <laughs> Among uh, other things. Many different titles. <laughs> They're the ones I can say at this time of day. Uh, but and, and what so, oh, there's so many levers to pull, I'm guessing, with data and pandemic, as you mentioned, then 
brought an opportunity or probably an opportunity that already existed, but not everybody was really focusing on it. I think in the hospitality industry anyway, big data or data wasn't really being used to our advantage. And all of a sudden, people had to gather data to allow people actually into their building to eat. Uh, And they've sat with all this data. And I'm presuming then you were like, okay, this is that's powerful. What what levers can you pull? What what's the way that you can help these guys once they've once they've gathered all this data? Tell us some of some of the things that data hawks can do for you. So we, we've got sort of like two core core products. We've got a thing called the Marketing Intelligence Report. Um, basically, that's a it's a it's a document that we produce that's a combination of audit, insight, and strategy. So we're going to pull all your sort of pots of data together, and we're going to tell you how much of your footfall you're collecting. You know, what's the quality of your data? What's the range of your data? And you're going to get a real sort of you know audited sort of um, overview of of the data you've got, what you can do with it, but also the the gaps you've got as well. And then um, the second part of that is is insight. And so we're going to get into your database and we're going to work out, you know, who your key customer groups are. Most businesses have, what, 5% of their database driving maybe 50, 60, 70, 80% of their revenue. That's brilliant if you know who that 5% is. But most businesses don't have a clue who that 5%, you know, is or, or are. So those insights are about us kind of highlighting who your key groups are, who's most valuable to you, who's most likely to become most valuable you know, who's lapsing, who's already elapsed, you know, and you, you end up with those with all those really decent insights around the frequency of your customers, the recency of your customers and the value of your customers. And then you end up with a strategy from that as well, you know, about how to how to turn all of those insights into action. But what we were finding is that we were sort of rocking up to brands and sort of saying, listen, we found you five million pounds worth of opportunity. And um, and it's really achievable. And they were looking at this deck and they're going, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. And we were like, yeah, I know, right? And then they never touched it again. They literally never opened the deck again. And I, I just thought, why would you not do that? I've literally found you several million pounds worth of opportunity. Like, why aren't you using it? And then I rewound a little bit to being a marketing director. And I kind of remembered a time where we had the CEO on one shoulder kind of going, where's my discounts, Vic? I want my discounts going out fast. And I had the ops director on the other shoulder. I know, right? Um, you know, ops director on the other shoulder sort of saying, you know, Vic, I need some posters for the toilet doors. You know, get your pencils out, Vic. <laughs> oh, my God, and, I was that man. <laughs> you know, yeah, I know. I know. So you're lucky I speak to you, honestly. Um, but, and I wasn't afraid for a long time, so I've probably been guilty of that myself. But, you know, all of that is taking up valuable time. And I go to log in my CRM system and I think, well, I'm not the greatest person on the system anyway. And it takes me about three quarters of an hour to work out how to send one email, let alone 10 emails. Not today. And I just shut my laptop and kind of quietly go away. And I realized that was the problem. Nobody had the the expertise or the inclination or just frankly the time to action those insights and, and send out really sort of decent, segmented and personalized marketing. And so I set up a second part of the business campaigns. And that's all about it. It's a fully managed CRM system. So we're giving you the insights. And we're actioning for you as well. And, and that's my that was one of my points actually that managing data it, it sounds simple, it sounds like data input, sounds like reading a spreadsheet. But actually, is it a specialist role? I mean, can you just place? Uh, so we've got a social, you know, hospitality. You've got a social media exec. We can just move her over and get her into put her into managing our data. Does that work? No. <laughs> right. So it is a specialist role. <laughs> it's 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 it's. It's a specialist role. I'm just saying because sometime in my career I may have done something similar, you know. No, it, it's, it's one of those things because 
It's it's a specialist role in so much as, you know, first of all, you've kind of got to work, you've got to have a bit of a goal in mind. Like what, what are you looking for in that data? How are you going to take that data and help help that data help you answer the questions you need to know about your you know your business in order for you to sort of plan your strategy from it if you're thinking about you know is it a specialist role as in do you need to be a data scientist do you need to you know have a mind like a, a calculator well I haven't you know and and it's my business and it was my idea so it, it's it's a specialist as you've got to know what you're doing and you've got to have a vision of what you're trying to get out of it but lots of people, lots of people can can get more from their data. So I suppose rather than specialist, then more of a sole focus. Like you know, when you shine a light on something, it gets better. Obviously, so if you all say do yeah, this, yeah. they will all get better. And I wonder yeah. if that's the point, isn't it? That actually data is great, and it's great to have a lot. But if you're really not making that a priority, then yeah. obviously, like you said, it's going to be left on the table, right? Money's going to be left on the table. It, it does. You know, I use this phrase all the time that to be a customer business, you have to be a data business. And we as a we as a as a as an industry, actually, particularly in hospitality, we talk about all this all the time. You know, we're, we're such people people. And and yeah, we do less than any other industry to understand our customers and then leverage that understanding in our communications and the way we we develop our brands. So actually, it's great if you've got a single site. And you can sit by that door every day and interview people in depth with some really skilled questions about why they're there and what drove them to get there and where else they're going. Crack on with that. But most of the time you haven't. And you can you can look around your business and you can go, OK, I, I know who comes in here. It's suits. Let's say it's suits. But because you're not psychic, you cannot look at the 20 people that are sitting around in your chairs and work out which three of them are most valuable to you. So you have to yeah. use data. And that means it's a, it's a constant thing. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a constant discipline and it should underpin every, everything you're doing because it, it underpins marketing, it underpins ops, um, it, it underpins every, every facet of a business. And what was in, you might not be able to answer this, so I'll ask anyway. Uh, but when you were talking <laughs> about when you go into a business and you kind of grab their data or look at their data, because a lot of hostiles business now are using many, many, many SaaS products. They've got, you know, one for HR, one for, sorry, one for online ordering, one for mystery diner, whatever it might be. Is it easier when they kind of have it all in one place? I'm guessing I probably know the answer to this. Or does it become more complex when they've got data pots everywhere? Well, I mean, I mean, the, the, the more data, the, the better. And, and, you know, we'll, we'll talk no doubt in a bit about kind of what makes good data and, and so on. But for me, there's no point having a ton of data if it's not actionable. So if you can get all of those streams feeding into a really decent you know, CRM system, right. then you've got the data, but you can do something with it. That's the thing. Everything we do at DataHawks, it's about it being actionable. And if it's not sitting in the CRM system, it's not actionable. And that's great. So organizing, my next question was about organizing data. So you you obviously have a lot. Um, and I know you guys support this process. Do you help them? Because organizing isn't exactly monetizing it yet. It's getting to a form where you can. How do you organize it? Is it just a CRM or is am I being basic? No, get get it into a CRM because we, we want to be able to do something with it. So, um, you know, if, if we're pulling all those different pots of data and, and, and it's important that we kind of make the distinction between you know what's useful data and what's not if we've got data that that isn't linked to an email address for instance it's not particularly actionable if we've got data sitting in um on the social channels that says that that's data attached to someone who likes you it doesn't tell you that they're a customer so we want as much of that proof of presence data as possible the stuff that puts people in the business you know in the building so have they made a booking have they logged into the wi-fi have they redeemed a voucher have they used order and pay you know etc etc 
And then once you've got all of that all sort of like sitting sitting nicely in the CRM, that's when we can start to, you know, analyze it. We can optimize it if we if we want to sort of fill some of those data gaps, but it's there ready to be to be um actioned as well. And I suppose the final point on that as well is to be able to use it, it has to be opted in data. So what, what we'll find is we'll use 100% of the data that a business will give us, but depending on your opt-in rate, that depends on, on how much we can, we can you know, action that at the other end because we can't talk to anybody that, that hasn't opted in to receive the communications that we want to send. Yeah, and, and, and it's really interesting. And um, delivery data, I wasn't going to go into it too much, but you don't actually own that, do you? As a, as a, as a restaurant, if you're working with Deliveroo or Uber or yeah. whoever, you get snippets of information. But again, I don't think it's opted in unless there's some kind of tick box at the other end. And that's frustrating, right? Because click and collect's different because obviously you get the customer's details to do the transaction. So yeah. I'm guessing that's a lot of data that's – obviously there's a reason Deliveroo keep it. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I imagine that's a lot left on the table potentially because these are new customers potentially. It, it's it's massive. You know how people say that McDonald's isn't a fast food business; it's a property business because they buy the plot that they're they're on and they and they you know they they own the building. So actually, the the burgers that that makes them a ton of money, but it's the property that they're that you know that they're sitting on. And I think Deliveroo must be doing a similar thing as well because you know that they're, they're hoovering up data they're generating so much they know so much stuff about yeah. you they know that you're sitting at home what mood you're in have you fallen off the wagon you know what when you're you're wearing, to diet, yeah. what the fact that we're wearing the same outfit you know they, they could tell what level of depression you're at they could probably tell whether you're about to come on your period or something by what you know sweet stuff that you've ordered they, they know everything about That's the you. first time it's been mentioned on the tech Days podcast and we'll do menopause next in the next um question <laughs> but but the um but the point is they they know everything about you and they're hoovering up with this data and they know it and they're holding on to it. And and you know, I've got real beef about this. And I I wrote, I wrote um, <laughs> as you can imagine, I wrote a piece on this during lockdown. Really? Which is that you can, I know you're probably surprised, but I have got an opinion on this. Um, which is that this this is a an industry that's popped up, you know, five, six years ago, none of this stuff existed. And it's yeah. it's a multi-billion dollar industry or pounded industry now, right? But let, let's not pretend that they're here to help our industry particularly because if they were they'd be giving you that data or they'd be making it much easier for you to get hold of it so you could grow the rest of the business and instead they're saying listen we can we can advertise you they're a marketing business we can advertise you we can get you in front of people and that's incredibly helpful it's going to increase your reach but we're going to keep all of the good stuff behind that because actually the data we're going to gather is arguably more valuable than the burger that you're going to sell through us you know, and that's not even counting the forty percent commission we're going to take. So, to me, they they really need to sort of open up, you know, to to some of that. And and I hear that you know that's starting to happen, and they they start to be a bit a bit more open with their data. But we've got a working partnership with these businesses. You know, delivery is great because it helps the reach, particularly for small businesses. It massively yep. improves improves your reach. It gives you a, a marketing platform that you couldn't dream of. You know, as a as a small op- operator, at a price. But they've, they've got a responsibility to kind of come back and go, we are going to tell you some stuff about your customers so you can use it elsewhere as well. We've, yeah, we've I, got to work closer together. And I know a lot of independents or dark kitchens, those kind of people who are slowly starting to re-innovate, uh, if that's a word, um, to kind of come away from the commission model, to come back to themselves, run their own riders, yeah. whatever it might be, or use some of these guys popping up now with their own little um, riders or bikes. And yeah, and because they will fight back because they can't survive um so it, it yeah. becomes because the margin is everything right margin has always been everything and it's about can you innovate a product um and i, and I think i'm a massive advocate of delivery i think it's a whole brand new industry well it is 
And um, but yeah. I agree that it needs to be hand in hand with the bricks and mortar part of the industry. Otherwise, it 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 won't be sustainable because there'll be no bloody units left. So yeah. Anyway, I think it's interesting. So back to cash. Um, so Vic's come into Chris's cafe. Um, I only have one. <laughs> um, and you've found my two pieces of data that I own. Um, how are you going to monetize it, Vic? <laughs> I'm guessing you're not going to Chris's cafe. Sounds shit. <laughs> <laughs> first thing I'd do is probably call environmental health or something just to, just to give the kitchen a once over. Um, how, how am I, I going to monetize it? Um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to first of all knock it into shape. I'm going to get those two pieces, just check that they're proof of present state. I'm going to, I'm going to hand load them into that CRM system you've got. Um, I'll probably enhance it, quite honestly. I'll, I'll probably uh, run it through a, an amazing pot of data that, that we licensed from an incredible business called Starcount, just to just to give us some yeah. richer yeah. insights very cool. around there. Yeah. They are they are an incredible so, business. Very quickly on a, on a digression, but tell us about Starcount because I saw um, I, I've seen I've seen it twice now. I think it's peak, but um, brilliant business and um, really oh, interesting. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so um, so Rowena runs Rowena Humby um, runs Starcount, an incredible business. So so they they've built. I mean, first of all, they've they've built an incredible platform and an incredible tool for you to be able to kind of use it and get all these insights. But they've got access to some just fantastic pots of data. And how how we work with them is if we've got your two pieces of data, you'd arguably need more than two. But let's say we've got your two your two email addresses. <laughs> okay, brilliant. You're in fast growth. That's good to hear. Let's say we've got we've got you know several thousand um, email addresses. As long as people are using the same email address to to be on your database as they are to engage in the platforms that they're sort of pulling the data from, we're going to start to see what's going on on those platforms. So we can really understand the behaviours of people outside the business as well. So you're not just getting that very narrow view of well, you know, they come in here and they buy a vegan burger and they visit you know three times a year and they spend you know 30 pounds a time and they come in groups of three and they live in south london we're not just going to get that we're going to get all of the extra stuff outside it and because of that it helps us understand well why are you buying that vegan burger are you buying it because you know it's a health thing or it's a well-being thing or are you buying it for animal welfare or sustainability reasons and we wouldn't talk to those two people in the same way so it, it gives us the why behind the behavior and when when we use it we just can send out much more personalized communications that convert, you know, infinitely better than, than, you know, non-personalized communication. So it's, um, we, we, we do a lot of work with them, a huge amount of work with them. They're, they're an incredible business and a fantastic bunch of people. That sounds like it might create a lot of work my end, right? So I'm the marketer uh, or I'm the person at the other end, but I'm guessing it doesn't because I'm guessing once they're in their pots that they live in these people, uh, that yeah. you are building separate, uh, communication streams, I suppose, to talk to them, right? yeah exactly and it's not to say that it's not working so much as because you've got to do something with that there's no there's no point knowing that you're buying a vegan burger out of what you know health and fitness reasons and i'm buying it for animal welfare reasons and then not using that information yeah. you know so you, you you need to be on the you know be on the end of that and kind of go okay well there's there's two instant you know streams of information you could choose to kind of chop that up in a number of ways so if you um, let's say you're advertising in your cafe you've got a new menu you could do what most marketers do now, which is to go, new menu. We've got a new menu. It's the greatest menu ever. Try it. Great. Since the last it. one. <laughs> Since the last one we did. It's even better than that. And that was the best one we'd ever done. You could do that, whack that out to the whole database. You could personalize on that. Well, hang on a minute. They buy vegan products. Let's split this out. 
that group are getting non-vegan messaging. That group are getting look at the new vegan things on the menu. It's really great. That's the thing, right? Isn't it? That I mean, if you're if you're a vegan and you're receiving a a blanket database email that yeah. talks about stuff that isn't, um, you're switched off, right? Well, you're turned off and possibly unsubscribing pretty quick. Exactly, because it's not relevant and it and yeah. it doesn't resonate. But imagine even better than that, you're a vegan and not only are you getting the details of the, the vegan product, but we know why you're eating that vegan product. We know whether it's for health, we know whether it's for animal welfare, we know whether it's for well-being, and you're gonna get a communication tailored to you. You're not gonna you're not gonna get off that database. And what's very likely to happen, and we see it all the time, is you you're likely to go, Yep, I'm gonna book a table there and, and get one of those. So it's it's an incredible part of data, and yeah, we we work with it a lot. And the campaigns, tell me a bit more about the campaigns, because someone told me, someone, uh, that email marketing is dead. No, <laughs> what fool like, told you I'm that? Saying their name, no, I'm not going to say their name, but yeah, no, it was it was interesting, right? And I, and I I know it's not uh, because we use it at one of my companies, and it works very well. Uh, yeah. And I know that you're banging that drum, um, but done correctly, right? Well, exactly. And that's the key, because it's not enough to just send out an email now. It has to be segmented. It has to be personalized. Actually, and and I've done a lot of research on this, because obviously, I set up that second part of the business campaigns. And and that was very much built on, um, you know, the whole point of it is we're sending out emails for you. You know, it's a a managed CRM service. So so you're physically managing that, right? Okay. Oh, we're, we're getting into the data. We're working out, first of all, what's the most profitable action to take, you know, for all of these different segments? You know, what, what do we want to do? What segmentation do we want to do? What's the action we want to drive? So do we want to get you to visit one more time? Do we want to pull you back from the brink of laps? You know, whatever it might be. And then we're going to apply all the personalization on the on the top of that. So, you know, is it a case of um, actually you don't you don't read long emails, we're going to send you a short form email, for instance, or, you know, can we do something with colours or can we do something with, you know, we've got about 150 different um, different levers that, that we can pull. You know, can we talk to you about a specific element of the fact that, you know, you're buying that vegan burger? Um, and then automation. So, you know, what are those automised journeys or automated journeys rather? They're the, they're the emails that are making your business money when you sleep. And we, we work out all that. And what we do is we literally, we get the keys to your CRM system and we plan the email, we write the email, we sort the creative, we write the copy, we test the subject lines and we build in a huge amount of, of subjects. If, if it requires 18 versions of an email to go out, then we write 18 versions of it. We send it out, you know, we test it, we send it out and then we report on it. So it's you, you can just give us the keys and just go and sit and count your money, quite frankly. No it's it's done. Know? I'm on my way. That's it. And I did some work around email nurturing, something I thought I'd never know. Uh, and uh, <laughs> for, for the person who, like me, didn't know what that was, it's basically when you drop out of a flow, right? So you've, you've signed up for something or you're half signing up and then you come away or you've been offered something. You kind of look at it, but you don't go on. And I, I can't believe the power of going back with the right messaging to those people in that journey. And actually they then pick back up and come through. Is that something you see as well? Yes. I mean, imagine this in real life, right? So if I said to you, oh, you know, we should totally do a a podcast together. And you're like, yeah, absolutely. I'm on it. Right. And then life gets in the way and we go off and do another little (laughs) thing. (laughs) I mean, it's quite close to home, isn't it? And then you kind of remember it because you've been nudged because maybe I sent you a little message with a cat picture or something and you've gone, I needed to talk to you about, about podcasts actually. Next thing we know, we've got it in the diary. Let's say we kind of go, we haven't really picked up, you know, on it later. 
if I send you another little message that kind of goes, oh, I've noticed we've got that podcast coming, do you want to have a chat about it? Then we're here. It's it's just little nudges. It's just that we might, because life gets in the way and, and few people are going onto a, you know, on a website or going onto social or whatever it might be. And they're focused and just like, I will not look at anything because nothing is more important in this moment Shanking. than yes. sending, you know, like booking this table. Nothing's more important to me. Yeah, you're like, if you're like me, you're like, this is the most important thing I've ever done. Ooh, you are. <laughs> You know, and- For those not watching video, uh, Vix or a shiny thing. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> no, I think I think it's really. In- I found it really interesting because I always would say that I'm not that person that would be triggered to come back into the journey, but I totally am, and I did it with Apple yeah. two weeks ago. I was totally yeah. sucked back in. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I find it really interesting, and I think this leads us nicely onto good and bad data, as I like to call it. Um, is there such a thing, Vic, as good and bad data? Well, there's. I suppose you could say that. So, good data would be first of all first party data or zero party data. And what I mean by that is zero party. This is the stuff that people gladly hand you. They're like, "Have my email address. I want you to have that information about me." And um, or even first party data, which is the stuff that maybe you'll get as an output of something. So you log into the Wi-Fi, and you're leaving a digital footprint, and it says, "You know, are you happy to share your data?" And you go, "Yeah, right." It's the stuff that people gave you. So the stuff that you're gathering yourself is is the best kind of data because, you know, it's clean, it's gold, um, but it's clean and it's safe and it's opted in and it's protected and it's legit and it's, you know, and it's it's stuff that you've gone and gone and found yourself. So it's it's all good. You you want proof of presence data. So no point getting really excited about all the data you're pulling from, you know, from Instagram. I've, God, I follow loads of brands I've got no intention of visiting like yeah. or ever going to. You know, like... I, you know, it's, it shows that people like it's vanity data, Chris. It's yeah. vanity data. You know, it, it makes you feel really proud that you've got so many followers. It's actually pretty useless in in this sort of setting. So, make sure it's proof of presence data that that puts puts those people in your business. Um, I, I mean, it's got to be opted in. There's no point just gathering loads, of, getting loads of people, getting loads of people. You know, and you're gathering all this data through all these different platforms. You can't talk to them. You know, it's got to be opted in. With the amount of times you will say to a business, you know, by moving 5% of this group to this group, it's worth £10 million to you, but you've got an opt-in rate of 10%, so it's not worth £10 million. And they're like, oh, That's oh sad. We, <laughs> we need to work on, I feel I feel a bit sad now. You know, so we, we want it to be opted in so we can use it and it's and it's actionable. Um, but, you know, good data stuff that gives you a, a range. You want demographic stuff. You want stuff like how old somebody is you want stuff like you know gender all of that sort of you know all of that sort of stuff because it is still it is still somewhat relevant you want geographical stuff you don't want to just kind of go what's your favorite site you want to say which site is nearest to your house what's your favorite site well my favorite site would probably be somewhere in Mauritius I'm never going to go there (laughs) exactly um, you know so you want you want really decent geographic stuff you want really decent behavioral stuff so you know are people um you know asking for vegan stuff or dairy-free stuff because you know there's a difference between eating dairy-free out of health reasons and eating you know dairy-free you know for for good reasons and so all of that sort of stuff but you also want that psychographic data you want the why behind the behavior you know that's the key stuff because that's that's what you personalize on and and so powerful isn't it to have that so powerful yeah and so that's why data is power as i'm sure you've probably said before to people uh but it really is because to understand behavior is yeah same in people actually it's the same thing you know just to understand why 
psychometric testing, all that kind of stuff, to understand how people behave is absolutely key. We're in the era of personalization and, and you need that information. So, so that's what makes good data. It's, it's yours, it's clean, it's opted in, it's got a good range, it's got a, a good sort of um, depth, you've got a decent volume of it, and it's all sitting in a great CRM system for you to start actioning it. Um, what makes bad data is data that you haven't really harvested yourself or isn't, isn't connected to the email address that, that you're using. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day and they said, oh, I've, I've bought a load of data. First of all, I just thought, Jesus, I mean, GDPR time bomb tick in there, you know. Got... So I was like, oh, I um, don't want to be getting involved in that. The other thing is how it was harvested in the first place. So let's say somebody gives you a pot of data and it says these people really, really love beer, right? And you're like, got it. I'm going to talk to all these people that love beer. Absolutely brilliant. If the question that that harvested that data was, out of a glass of wee or a glass of beer, what would you rather drink? Beer. If that's the question that that got that data, you know, that gathered that data, that's not helpful. That's not good data for you, is it? Because it doesn't give you any real yeah. insight. It's you, like don't know, right? Rob, you don't know how that that has been formed or built. It's, it, it's like a Frankenstein's monster of data where it comes in, it's absolutely all, it's got a big, do you remember the old cut and shut cars you'd get? You know, yeah, and it's- It's, it's got, one for the kids, this reference. <laughs> ask, ask your parents or Google it, but you you know, you get the the front of a Ford Escort from 1983, right, nicely yeah. welded to a, the back of a Capri from 72. Um, mm. And and that and that's it. And you can't do anything with it. It's not clean. It's not GDR. It's very unlikely to be GDR compliant. Don't touch it. You you don't know what you don't know where it's come from, Chris. Don't touch and it's it. Like, it's like it's almost reputational damage, isn't it? I learned a very early lesson with uh, when we started our last company. We sent an email out and we we'd heart we gathered data. That's what I'm going to say. We gathered <laughs> data and um, we sent the email out and we had about 85 replies saying, "Take me off this list straight away." And I physically felt sick. I was just yeah. like, I can't believe it because all I could think of was they're thinking that company. I'm never going near it ever again. And that, yeah. you know, when you start doing a startup or something, it's just like you feel like you've just scored the biggest own goal ever. Exactly, exactly. There's there's one other part of data actually that I'd, I'd say be a little bit wary of, and that's data that's harvested through competitions. So it's it's a it's a really sort of natural thing to do, and I've done it myself as a marketer many times. That you think I really want to boost my database, I'm going to whack a competition on Facebook or, or whatever it might be, and say, listen, great competition here. All you've got to do is drop your email into NT, you know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But there is a professional group of people who are literally professional compers. It is their full-time job to scan the internet for the mention of the word competition. And what's going to happen is you're going to get an instant boost and then very quickly you're going to lose probably 95% of, of that database because once they've entered the competition and the, and the, um, you know, the, the expiry date of the competition yeah. is, is gone, they're all going to come back off it again as well so to just make sure that you, you're playing the long game you've got to collect data that's going to be really really useful to you and, and that's going to take a little a little bit of time it's almost like um with tech you have like a, obviously most people have a roadmap where they have iterations where they're going to add features and benefits and fix things that are broken i almost think yeah. data a good data needs a roadmap right you need to understand your marketing calendar needs to sit on top of your crm and all makes yeah. sense and actually the tent poles that you're activating throughout the year all should lead, be led from your data God, I sound like I should know what I'm doing. Exactly. Do you, do you want a job? 
No, um, seven. Yeah, <laughs> we've, um, no, it's, it's it's exactly right. You've you've got to do it in a planned way. You've got to be strategic about about what you're doing. A, a lot of this stuff can happen at the same time. You can be doing data capture at the same time as you're trying to drive your opt-ins. Yeah. At the same time as you're testing different sort of techniques in your in your database, you can be doing all that at the same time. Um, but you've you've got to do it properly. You've got to have a roadmap. You've got to have a strategy in mind. You, you've got to have a an objective. And this next question, I wrote it. I may have been weak at the time, and um, <laughs> I feel like I'm scared of asking you. But um, I always ask someone. I always ask the guys at the end, um, what what kind of um, you know, if you were building, if you were a tech entrepreneur, or if you could build any tech stack, where would you start? Type thing. But for you, I wanted to ask you if you could become marketing director at any every business in the land. Oh God, just knock something off. If you could be, become a marketing director at every business in the land, what's the first thing you would do in regard to data, Vic? can't go anywhere else in regard oh, yeah. to data to ensure you're driving both revenue and profit and you know and a, and a strong database for the future i get us in for a start and um, no I, do you know what i would i get us in because first of all you're going to get the audit of the data you're going to get all those insights you're going to you you're just say you're tired data hawk <laughs> I do. Um, I, I do. I definitely get us in. That's the first thing I'd do. I'd, I'd work on growing my database. I mean, we'll tell you all this, but I'd, I'd work on growing the database. I'd work on getting those opt-ins. I'd, I'd look at that. I'd look at that CRM as being as being a, an incredibly complex and sophisticated machine that's capable of doing incredible things and making you a lot of money. But like all machines, it really its output depends on what goes in it. You know, you need decent, you didn't need decent fuel going in data. You need decent materials going in, which is the content. It's it's your creative, it's your copy, it's your calls to action, you know, it's your incentives. You've got to tell that machine what to do. So I'd use those insights from the start to go, what is this email meant to do? I'm not going to just send an email out once a week because that's what you're supposed to do. What is this email designed to do? What's the objective of it? And I'd make sure it's loaded with objectives. And then you've got to put somebody on it because it doesn't matter how great the machine is. You know, like if you ever watched Inside the Factory, yes. and the, they, the, the one where they made Vionettas, right? That was one of the oh. most sophisticated machines I've ever seen. It was amazing. And still, they had a person in a hairnet at the end twiddling stuff, checking that the quality of the fuel was going in. I'm sure they're listening um, in right now thinking that's exactly what we do. We twiddle. <laughs> that's the technical discussion. <laughs> But they, they were. They were checking the fuel was going in. They were checking it had decent materials and, and ingredients going in. They were checking the output. They they knew that they were making vionettas. You know, they knew what they were doing, and that was a full time job to to stand there, sort of, you know, making sure all that was happening. That's that's what we do. Um, but 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 that's that's what I do. I, you know, I, and I'd stick us at the end of it, quite honestly, because there's no point having these, you know, all this data, all of these insights, all of these plans. If if you're sitting there going, I want to send out 22 versions of that email because I know that that is going to convert so much better. I mean, so much better um, than the emails I'm sending out. But I haven't got the time to send more than one. Just stick us at the end of it. We're literally doing it all day long. We're sending emails out all day long, like millions of emails a day. Um, so that's what I do. And then I would put my feet up and count the money we've made for you. That's what I do. I love it. Count the money. So Vic, that's beautiful. And I, I love talking to you because um, if ever anyone was engaged with their product, it's you, right? Um, if ever, you know, if you when you run a team, some you worry, are you really engaged in what we're doing? No problem with Vixel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> totally engaged. Um, it's look, turned up to 11, isn't it? The engagement it really is. And I if do. people are listening and they want to find out um, or meet the head hawk even, uh, find out about the data hawk, the data hawks, I just gave you a new name, <laughs> the data hawks. Um, how do they get hold of you? Where do they find you? 
Well, as you know, I'm often on LinkedIn having strong opinions. So you'll you'll often find me there, grab me there. Um, you could email me at victoria at wearedatahawks.com. Nearly forgot my own website name there, which is a worry. Um, drop me a message on any of those things. Find me, however. Get somebody to, you know, share their number, whatever. And um, and I'll add you to those groups, you know. But um, I love having chats with people. I, I believe in this stuff. I really believe in this stuff. Um, so I love empowering marketers. I love empowering women. I love um, I love data. I love what can be done with it. I think as an industry, we're so far behind. There's so much opportunity. And it is my life's work to to help marketers be able to prove the value of what they do. And um and 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 just just march into that boardroom and go, right, there's the big bag of cash. That's what I've done for you. Where's my board seat? That's what I, that's what I want to help you do. Mic drop, leave the room. <laughs> I'd, I'd like, like to storm up. Where, where are you from, Vic? Where, where are you based? You're based north, south. Where are you? Um, well, I am in South London. So I'm, I'm from the Midlands originally. Um, I live in South London, but the Data Hawks team are spread the length of the UK. So half of the team are um, up in the northwest, half of the team are down in, um, in, in the sunny South London. And um, and we literally just kind of go backwards and forwards. We've even got clients in Australia now. So, um, you know, who knows? We might open up there next. But but yeah, well, the audience is global, Vic, so they'll all be listening. They'll be on the phone. <laughs> all right, brilliant. All right, look, great to see you. I mean, I know you, you very too. well. And it's yeah. been lovely chatting, but um, uh, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. I think data is absolute power for 2023. So let's hope people listen and take you up. Thank you very Amazing. much. Thanks and we'll so find much the, you're going to be on the marketplace, right? We're going to add you to the marketplace so people can come and find you as well. So we'll make sure we put brilliant. you on. All Thank right, you. Lovely. Thanks, Thanks so much. Say bye. Thanks for, thanks for listening. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Make sure you tune in next week to find out who we've got coming up, or you can go and check out techontoast.community to find out more about what we're up to. Have a great week.